Do you ever feel like you don't know where to start when it comes to volunteer training? Don't have the time to record training videos? The brand new version of Ministry Grid has already done the work for you with over 750 courses for you to choose from. To help you get started right away, they even have created training pathways which provide volunteer, leader, director, and staff level training modules for each specific ministry area. Whether you're looking to train volunteers, teachers, or other leaders, you can use these pathways to equip all individuals within your church. With Ministry Grid, you can customize any training that you would like and add videos, PDFs, YouTube videos, and other content that you would like. And all this can be done right from your phone. Ministry Grid has been completely rebuilt to be made for mobile and train on the go. Now you can truly train anyone, anytime, and anywhere. Get started today at ministrygrid.com. Once again, that's ministrygrid.com. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast by established church pastors for established church pastors. My name is Josh King. I'm a pastor in the Dallas area, and I'm joined, as always, with my good friends, Sam Rayner and Micah Fries. How are you guys doing today? It is great to be back with the both of you. Yeah? Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm I'm sitting here in my office looking out the window at the gray clouds, uh, gray skies, and the rain coming down, and I'm imagining Sam just sitting somewhere beachside under an umbrella, (laughs) sipping some lemonade. (laughs) That is uh, probably appropriate. That's, is that what you're doing, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. I'm, I'm actually in my office, but it is nice and, you know, there's a lot of sunshine out right now. Uh, We're actually having a very pretty day today. I, on our run this morning, everything's blooming and, you know, bright and colorful. It's good. Good day. But it does look like uh, Tennessee, your side of Tennessee and Alabama are fixing to get just trashed with some we're rain. getting pretty torn up well not just rain we've got like a 10 percent chance of a tornado this evening and a 15 percent chance of hail so uh wow. yeah it's gonna i be wish crazy. i was with you guys yeah well uh let's let's talk about something here real quick we have a suggested topic i think it's a good one and the idea is how do you pastor and attend seminary study for seminary i'm assuming this could be you know your master's level or uh, postgraduate, maybe even undergraduate. I mean, I've seen that as well. Yeah, I think this is actually a really good question because I think a lot of the folks who listen to the podcast are maybe younger. They're they're just starting out in ministry. And I, I mean, I know I was a pastor when I was in my undergrad and in my master's program and now in my PhD. I've never done a, a degree that I wasn't serving as a pastor somewhere. So I think you can be anywhere on the spectrum uh, sure. as, as far as that's concerned. And, and you both do. To- your doctorate, right? You're working on your doctorate. Sam, you did yours while you were pastoring. I am done, thankfully. Ten, Dr. Ten, Sam Rayner. Ten years later, yes. Wow. Finally. Well, I mean, all schooling beyond undergrad took me about 10 years. So, it's going to take me 10 years to do my postgrad. So what yeah, do you do? Think, what yeah, do you do? Is, I think this is a good question. I think it poses a number of potential solutions that have to be brought up. I think um, – one, I would say if you struggle with discipline at all, mm-hmm. um, this could be challenging for you. 
Uh, I think that's a reality. You're going to have to have some level of discipline unless you're just uber talented. You're going to have to have some fair level of discipline. Um, let, let's ask Sam this, in fact, because Sam, you're you're finished now. What would you say um, you had to give up, discipline yourself and give up in order to do school well while also serving in the ministry? Every spare moment of free time. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, uh, if you have hobbies, good luck. I mean, I'm not saying you can't progress through school, you know, schooling while pastoring, but it's going to be while doing hobbies. Um, but it's going to be hard. So, um, I, I pretty much gave up all of my free time and my free time was spent studying because what I learned in the PhD program was that it's about 10 to 20 hours a week, every week, year round. And that just took all my time. So, yeah, see, my experience has been a little bit different than that, Sam. Uh, but it's also with how I like to study. I tend to study, I prefer studying in, in binges. And so, um, I would go a few months where I wouldn't touch my books at all. I do that now, where I'll go a few months where I don't touch my studies or books at all. And then I'll have a few months in a row where it's literally the only thing I do outside of spending a little bit of time with my family and spending time in my ministry. But my rhythm, that I, I prefer that. I would much rather that than, say, 10 hours a week, every week, year-round. See, that's, uh, where I, that, that's where I was the opposite. I, I spread things out. So I'm, I'm very scheduled. Um, you know, I try to keep a pretty tight calendar. And I, I just made sure that I, I scheduled the time. It took me about a year, particularly in the doctoral program, to figure out how long it was going to take me to to actually get work done. So, you know, if I had a 30 or 40 page paper, how long was that going to take me to write? You know, you yeah. don't really know until you do it. Uh, but once right. you figure out how long things take you, I, I just put it on the calendar and I made that time sacred just like I did any other thing that I was doing. Um, so a lot of my Fridays and Saturdays were spent studying. Um, now, this was before I had kids. Well, my I started before I had kids and then I had a couple along the way, actually three along the way, um, which which complicates things. You know, it's it's amazing right. what a, a screaming, you know, four week old will do uh, will do to you in the middle of the night. But um, but thankfully, my wife is very gracious. We worked it out. We kind of had this understanding. So the other thing that I would say is make sure that you talk with your family at length about the time that it's going to take and what that means for your family dynamic, because um, your family will suffer because of it. Um, I, I, you know, I, I probably, I, I don't hang my PhD on my wall because it's really not mine. It's, it's, it's my wife's. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hers. Um, mm. so I, I don't hang my degrees on my wall. I, I'm proud of them and I'm thankful for them, but it was such a sacrifice on behalf of my family. It's not like I want to proudly display that. And that's just me. I know a lot of people do that and there's nothing wrong with putting a degree on your wall. But for me, you know, it was it was a big sacrifice. It was a huge sacrifice to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, Sam. I, I My wife has been instrumental in me getting mine done, not just making space, being patient. But, you know, there was a time about a year ago when I thought, I'm done. I'm not going to finish this degree. I'm I'm tired. I want out. And I told her, I said, babe, I think I think I'm just going to back out. I just don't think I'm going to finish it. And I thought for sure she would jump for joy and be like, oh, that's great because, you know, it's a demand on her. And, uh, and she, she said, nope, you're not quitting. I'm not letting you do it. 
And I said, wait a minute. I thought, yeah. I thought you didn't want me to, you know, I thought this was taking a lot of time. It was hard. She said it does, but I want it done. I never want to have to hear about it again. So I'm not letting you out of the program. <laughs> and so she kicked my tail a little bit and made me stay in the program. And that was good. And I mean, I needed that. If it wouldn't have been for that, I'll be honest with you. I would have tapped out about a year ago. Yeah, I can see that. And you're going to feel that way. I mean, if you're if you're in it right now and you're struggling and you're like, how on earth am I going to do this? I mean, there are going to be seasons, if not you know, some of them, if not many seasons where you're going to wonder, like, should I really do this? And I needed good people around me. I needed my mentors. I needed my wife around me. I needed friends to encourage me along the way because it, it's going to get rough. Uh, I mean, if, if you're doing a program that is of any weight – um, which is many of them that are out there, you know, that it, it's it's not some f- sort of fly by night, you know, degree. It's a legitimate degree. Just about any of them are going to be difficult just because of the time that is involved. Um, so you're going to need good encouragement around you. If not, you're going to get to that point where you just want to just be done and and you need people um, to kind of kick you in the pants and say, no, you 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 need to finish this. Yeah. And I think you you bring up a really good point. Sam, not only is is it necessary that your family be on board, that they understand, that they be supportive, all of those things are true. But I would say this, pace yourself. If you're in ministry and doing school at the same time, no self-awareness is unbelievably helpful when it comes to doing school. Don't feel like you have to um, to work through school at the same pace as a typical full-time student. I I did my master's degree. It took me seven years to do my MDiv, and it's going to take me about five to do my PhD. And I could have done both of those degrees much faster. In fact, my MDiv, I sat out an entire year at one point because my family grew financially. I was bivocational at the time. I was pastoring a church of about 75 people. And uh, I needed to be able to financially bring home a little bit more money to support my family. And so I sat out of school for a whole year and then went back to it and ultimately did finish my MDiv. But don't feel bad about that. And I'll be honest, sometimes it's easy to get in it and feel like you're going at a slower pace than others and think, man, you know, I'm not as smart as them or geez, they're more successful than I am. But you know what? The, the first priority in our life behind our family and our walk with the Lord is the ministry that he's entrusted us to. We want that education because it supports us. But if we're doing the education at the same time as the ministry, I would say your ministry trumps your education. And so don't feel bad at proceeding at a pace that allows you to do both of those things well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ministry over education, without a doubt, your church is the priority. Could not agree more, Micah. Would either of you guys feel that, well, particularly you, Sam, and now, Micah, you're, how far are you into your I'm PhD? I'm almost done with my, uh, with my um, seminars, so I'm, I'm not that far away from just being an all-but-dissertation all sort of guy, hopefully in the next year or so. Would you guys feel that your ministry, since you've served through, like myself, through your different degrees that you've attained, was significantly altered or affected or benefited from the additional education? Because I think a lot of pastors struggle with, you know, sort of the why. Like, I need a master's to to get a pastorate, essentially. That's the thought, you know, generally, and that is true uh, across the spectrum. But then once you have it and once you're pastoring, do you feel that there's a significant shift in kind of what you're doing? Yeah. I I mean, for me, absolutely. I feel like my education was better served by me serving the entire time I was getting all three of my degrees than it would have been if I'd have just been um, a student. In fact, Josh, I would say, I don't think you have to serve in ministry while you're getting your degree. But if I see someone who's a ministry student 
who's not actively engaged trying to serve in the church. Um, I see someone who I don't ever want to get near when it comes to bringing them in, in, into a staff position or recommending them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's exactly. possible. I genuinely, I, would, I, I wouldn't hire them. If, if you are coming out of seminary, you've got a degree and you've never served in ministry. Wouldn't hire you. They, yeah. Like your, your resume gets immediately thrown to the side. And it doesn't have to be a paid full-time position somewhere, but you darn sure better show to me, in my opinion, you have a commitment to the local church and you're wor- willing to serve regardless whether you get paid or not. I, I still remember yeah. I was in college. I wanted to serve in ministry. I didn't have my first ministry position yet. We got a new youth pastor at the church where I was volunteering and I was a member. And I remember walking up to him and saying, look, I'll dig ditches for you, whatever you want me to do. I just need to be able to serve in the church. And that's what I started doing. I started, I mean, not literally digging ditches, but it was pretty close. It was the youth ministry equivalent <laughs> of digging ditches. <laughs> and, uh, and soon enough, you know, you build trust there. He gave me the opportunity to start planning events. And then I administrated and managed events. And then I moved into my first ministry position where I was getting paid, I think a grand total of like $100 a week or something like that. But still, I want to see people who are so committed, so committed to the ministry called that they're going to, you can't keep them from serving and the education is going to facilitate and assist in that process, but they're they're not trying. I've seen too many students before who say, well, once I get my degrees, then I'll start serving. Uh Uh-uh, I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. You got to love the church first. So here's what we're saying. You don't need an education. You don't need a degree to do ministry, but if you're getting a degree, if you're in education, for ministry, then you need to be ministering. That's like, right. So That's right. really, we're speaking to anybody who is getting any sort of ministry degree right now. Um, you, right. you absolutely need to be serving. There's just, there's, there's, it's just a non-negotiable. If you're getting an education to minister, you need to be ministering to people. And, and I think the struggle that I'm asking about is I see a number of pastors who are uh, past that level. They, they probably have a master's or some, you know, or an undergrad in Bible or pastoring, and they're they're really kind of struggling with the idea of, do I need to do any more than this? You know, they've got 10, 15 years experience, a master's degree in ministry. Do they need the doctor? Yeah, so here's what I would say, Josh. I I think that's a really good question. The first answer is no. When you say need, I think need is a pretty heavy word that demands a certain level of um, support to be able to justify its answer. Nobody... I mean, I shouldn't say nobody, but very few people need a doctorate. Um, mm-hmm. But what I want to know is, are you a voracious learner, right? And I, I tell people that when I'm looking at staff people, whether they have a degree or don't have a degree, that's less important to me to whether or not they're an, a natural learner with a voracious appetite for learning. Now, typically, people who are learners have degrees because they find opportunities and they take advantage of those opportunities, but not always. And there are those who have degrees, but who aren't learners, I remember hearing a, 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 a guy who was an executive leader at a pretty significant um, level in our family of our faith family and network of churches that we're all a part of say he had his doctorate and a doctorate of ministry. And he said he made it. He, bra- he used to brag that he made it through his entire doctorate program without ever reading an entire book. And uh, yeah, I'm not kidding. And I'm just telling you, that's a guy I would never hire for anything. I don't care that he had his doctorate. Yeah. He's not a learner. So do you need a doctorate? Do you need your master's? No. I mean, if, if whatever my good friends who are illiterate and are pastoring churches in West Africa, whatever they require to pastor well is what you and I need. I mean, we need the word, we need the spirit, we need, you know, 
right ordered churches. We need those things. Everything else is a benefit and an asset. And obviously the three of us are all either have or are working on doctorates. So we believe in education, but I think all three of us would agree that we believe it's not necessary, but a benefit. So my bigger question is, do you need it? No. Are you a learner and do you have opportunity to expand your learning through that paradigm or through that means? If so, take advantage of it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think the opportunity there is important. What what my education did for me and, and you know, was there ever a moment when I was in class where I, I learned something that was immediately applicable to what I was doing in the church? Sure, that happens. But what it did more for me was it opened up this whole new world of other areas where I could learn. Um, you know, I got exposed to books that I didn't know existed, authors that I would have never read. And so my education for me was more like it just opened up a whole nother world for me where I then could go explore that world where if I had not gone through the classes and been disciplined and had professors making me read certain things or be exposed to certain thinkers, never would have done it on my own. So that's where education was helpful to me, both my doctorate and my master's um, was just simply saying, hey, there is this whole other world. And the great thing, the, the thing about the Ph.D. is what you really learn in the Ph.D. is what you don't know. Um, you know, that's, I think that's pretty much any doctoral level work is all of a sudden you, you realize just how dumb you really are. And that there's a lot of people that are out there that like know way more than you. Um, you know, I rolled out of my master's and maybe this is just me. I'll just speak for myself. I rolled out of my master's thinking, you know what? I got a pretty handle on this. And then I got into my, my doctor work and I, I was like, I don't know squat. Um, so <laughs> it's just, Not it was so, it was a whole new world for me. Sam, not only did I feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything, but I thought every, you know, when I went into these doctoral seminars, I thought, why am I the token idiot in the room? Oh, like, why is everybody else in the room so much smarter than I am? Yeah, I had, I had a lot of, what do you guys, a lot of moments um, like that. I, I, I still have a lot of moments like that uh, at my church. Why am I the token idiot in this room? Time. <laughs> what do you guys think about, or I'm sure you're very proud of your degrees and, and what you did and all that sort of stuff, but knowing what you know now. Going back, would you have done anything different, chose a different school, a different emphasis, learned something different? What would you have done different? Hmm. You know, I love my degree mix. So uh, anybody that's out there that's thinking about kind of going to that next level, uh, what I intentionally did was I have a, a finance and marketing degree from the University of South Carolina, the state school, um, go Gamecocks. Um, I, uh, I have a master of missiology from Southern Seminary, so a theological degree. And then I decided, you know, I don't necessarily want another theological degree because I'm not going to be, I didn't feel called to teach theology. So I went and got a PhD in leadership from Dallas Baptist University. I wouldn't change any of that. I know that's, I know that's the question you're asking, but what I'm glad that I mm. did was I got a good degree mix from different schools, state school, theological degree, non-theological degree. I kind of mixed it up. So I knew that I needed more of a broad-based education because I wasn't going to be the next world's expert on, uh, you know, the Greek text of, you know, some New Testament book. Um, I was going to be, mm -hmm. I, I needed more of a, a broad based learning uh, for, for my own personal benefit. So I'm glad I mixed up my degrees in schools. I, I really wouldn't change that. And I would recommend that to anybody who's thinking about pastoring. It's good to have a, a, a broad based education if you can, if you can pull that off. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. um, I'm a little bit like Sam in that I don't know that I would really want to change much. I, I would, I do say, I would say this, if I could have gotten my degrees done f earlier, not faster, uh, like I said, I, I'm glad I chose the pace that I chose, 
but I wish I could have been a little younger. You know, my, my kids are 14, 12 and 11, and I've still got a couple years left in my PhD program. Um, you know, that's, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Now, having said that, my dad just started the doctoral program at Southeastern, the same school where I'm doing my program. And if all goes well, we're going to graduate within a year of each other. He'll, he'll be, he'll actually graduate after me. Uh, and so, and in fact, I was thinking about this this week, my dad and I have the same undergrad from the same school. Uh, we have different master's degrees, but from the same school and we'll have different doctorates, but from the same school. But aside from undergrad, I graduated first and then my dad graduated after me, which kind of reinforces my hero worship of my dad because he's uh, he's older mm-hmm. and just keeps on, you know, keeps on going on and just getting more education as he's had opportunity to. I want to be like that more and mm-hmm. more. I would say if if you can get degrees done when your kids are younger, that helps. Uh, but you know what? I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. The thing I do love about mine now, here's where I'm different than Sam. I, I don't have a degree mix. Uh, I have an undergrad in theology. I have a master of divinity and I'm doing a PhD in missiology right now. And, um, and so they're pretty all sim, you know, they're all fairly similar. And now my schools are mixed. I did an undergrad from the Baptist college of Florida. My master's is from Midwestern seminary. And now my PhD is from Southeastern, and I'm glad I did not repeat the same school. I'm glad uh, all three were very good schools that I appreciate, but it was helpful to have a mix. So I'm thankful for those things. I just probably wish I could have been a little younger when I finished up. Sam, were you planning on pastoring when you did your undergrad? No. Oh, goodness, no. I was in the corporate world for five years. I had no desire to to pastor whatsoever. Um, God just, you know, yanked me into it. Um, so no, I, I was actually, you know, trading commodities when God called me into to mm. ministry. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a completely different paradigm now from what I was doing, uh, in my, in my twenties. Right. Of course. Um, you know, the, I think if ahead. I could do things differently, I would just, I did, uh, you know, more of a, I guess I did a more of a convenient route. So I got an undergrad, which I am extremely proud of anybody that knows me. My undergrad is amazing. My master's though, there's a lot of times I just don't even mention it or do anything because it's just not something I'm terribly proud of. And then I wish if I had gone back, I would have just moved to or closer to the seminary of my choice, got the MDiv and um, just kind of sucked it up. There's a whole system to theological education and things that, you know, the amount of education that we sort of are our world requires, you know, like our master's degrees compared to, I don't know, an MBA or something like that. It's just, it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of different things. And, and so I was kind of thinking it didn't really matter if I get the MDiv. I, if I could do things over again, I would have gone, moved to Louisville, got the MDiv and then, and then worked on something else at that point. I don't know that I would have gone for a doctorate, but there's a lot of things that I did differently or I would do differently if I had the opportunity to do it. You know, you know what I would um, add to all of this that we haven't really talked about is um, make sure that your church has an understanding of what you're doing. Um, you know, the, the whole point of this is the, the podcast is being in ministry while uh, getting your education, whatever level of education that may be. Um, make sure mm-hmm. you talk to whoever leaders are at your church so that they have an understanding of of what you're doing and how you're going to do it. You know, you may find more support than you realize that I mean, a lot of times when churches hear uh, how you're going to go get your master's or your doctorate, you know, they want to help you in some way, whether that's give you the time. Some churches may even fund a part of it. Uh, That's not many churches, but some will do that. 
Um, so, you know, clue, clue your church in a little bit. And the other thing that I would add is uh, make sure that you're strategic about the degree that you pursue. Um, you know, because I, I have a lot of, uh, you know, I, I, I coach some people, I have some young guys in my church, they're thinking about, you know, I want to go to seminary. It's like, okay, great. What do you want to do? You know, well, I'm going to go get my MDiv mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go get my PhD in this. And I said, well, do you ever desire to teach at the seminary level? Well, no. Okay, well, th- that's a different kind of degree path than, say, I feel called mm-hmm. to pastor. Um, I got a PhD because I wanted to at least have the opportunity to teach. I don't want to teach full time, but I wanted to be able to teach at the doctoral level. So I went and got my PhD. But if you have no desire to teach at the doctoral level, you don't necessarily need your PhD. So um, make sure that you understand if you can, you know, if you know what you're going to do, make sure you get a degree that matches that instead of just pursuing the highest, most hours kind of degree. Um, Because you may find yourself Mm -hmm. liking it more if it's more directly applicable to your specific calling. Mm. Yeah. The higher you go in your education, the more fun it is because it gets more into what you're actually interested in. There's not a lot of, you know, filler work that you have to do. No, I think that's a really good point, Josh. And I think sometimes, especially in the theology world, uh, you guys don't have MDivs. I I do. MDivs a little bit different because MDiv is such a broad, um, survey type degree. You guys specialized more in your master's work, which I think would probably be more fun uh, and, and the MDiv. But for the for the guys who go and do the classic MDiv, it, it can be a little less enjoyable than maybe they realize. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I do think is true about the doctoral uh, process is you're just so tightly defined on the topic that you enjoy because you've picked this topic. I mean, it's what you want to study. And, uh, and I've found that it is much, much more enjoyable. Uh, though I'll be honest, my first year in the doctoral program was not as enjoyable uh, as I thought I had a dissertation topic and it proved to be very frustrating and not an enjoyable process at all. But when I, when I switched to a dissertation topic that I was able to actually find research on and I enjoyed, it changed changed everything for me. And the, and the program became a really fun program. Mm. You know, and the other thing that we haven't really spoke on because it's, it's really kind of the motivation behind what you're getting here. I think that as you pointed out, Micah, um, you know, being a reader, being a learner, those sort of things are probably more valuable to um, your, your pastorate than uh, degrees on a wall sort of thing. Degrees on a wall are awesome. You should, you should, if you got the opportunity. However, there is another element to this, particularly I feel in in our, our realm, our, our discipline here, is uh, there's the networking and then there's the opportunities that are open. And that's just a reality of it. We try to pretend like maybe that's not why people are getting their degrees. But the reality is that is in a lot of cases doors open if you have an MDiv that don't open necessarily for an MA if you have a DMIN or a PhD that don't open. And the networking is is true, too. You kind of um, you connect with different um, thought patterns and, and people and, and your connections really help. And in this field, connections or networking help a lot. And I, I imagine, you know, I'm from Texas and there's a lot of jokes with the Texas A&M Aggies. And uh, one of the common sort of folklores, I'm not sure how that is, is a guy told a story about breaking down on the side of the road he just hang, hung his uh, Texas A&M ring out the window and a guy stopped, changed the tire, paid for it because they were Aggies. They are together on that sort of thing. So um, that that may be comical. It may be untrue, but it is the reality that there is a networking that kind of goes on. So as you pointed out, Sam, the path that you take um, for your end goal, I think there is some influence as well as 
uh, sort of which schools you go to and, and what doors those open up and those sort of things. And you just got to think through it and see if you're yeah, okay with that beyond, or not. Beyond just the networking, Josh, there's incredible value in personally knowing the professors that teach in these programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, because these professors, the men and women who teach these programs, they are the world's experts on these topics. And to be able, you know, I can think of multiple times where I've had a, a struggle over a church issue or a theological issue, and I grab my phone and I text or I call you know, someone in these programs and say, Hey, I need to run this by you before I say anything publicly. And so many times they've either said, Hey, that's great. Or, Hey, let's think about this. In fact, just, I can think of one time in the last month where they helped me nuance some language. Um, and so that I was much more accurate publicly when I said something that I was going to be a little controversial. Um, so I, it's not just networking, it's relationships with some of the key experts in the world. uh, Josh, if I could say one other thing, it would be this. When you're doing ministry and you're trying to go to school, Sam and I said it earlier, make sure ministry trumps education. That's the most important. I, I'll be honest with you. There are times my GPA suffered because I tried to be a good pastor. Now, there are times my GPA suffered because I was a bum and I played, you know, I was in, in college and I can remember, you know, college was 20 years ago, but I can remember playing video games at two o'clock in the morning or something like that. And so that's a that's yeah. Well, like it was, it was not <laughs> 007 GoldenEye or something like that on an N64. It was old. <laughs> it was a long time ago. But but I will say this. My GPA was not great. My undergrad GPA was below a 3.0. Can I admit that publicly? But it was. It was below a 3.0. My master's GPA was better than that, enough that I could get into a PhD program. But um, it in my mind, I traded a stellar GPA for the education that I got from getting both ministry and education at the same time. And I would prefer that to graduating with a 4.0, but not having the experience I would, I had while I was in school. Yeah. I mean, I'm all Mm. for the classroom, but there is something to be said about the school of hard knocks. I mean, you know, it, 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 there is huge benefit in making sure that ministry is above of uh, education um, you know, and I, I want to add one thing to the networking piece of this. I mean, you know, this would be a great additional podcast perhaps in the future. I don't know that we've done that yet on like pastors and networking and and all of that. Um, using your schooling to network, I think, is a wonderful thing. Networking can be one of two things. It can be self-serving, which is obviously a terrible thing to do, but it could also be a way to build trust. And, you know, if you're if you're getting to know people and building a network with them so that you're building trust, that's a good thing. You need people to call on. You need you need professors that are, you know, the smartest in their field to be able to touch base with them, as, as Micah said. And I'm, I'm glad, Micah, that, you know, you didn't say something publicly that was hugely controversial. I can't imagine you ever doing that. So um, <laughs> it's so out of character for me. It, would, it really would. So I'm glad you have good people around you to prevent yes. you from from opening your big mouth. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm curious. I guess we'll have to talk offline exactly what that particular. Uh, illustration was for. I'm sure our listeners would love to know what what were you about to say. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what the my, podcast that's is for. My friends we were fixed about it say. before I ever said it. <laughs> I would add one little thing because we're talking about pastoring and getting your education. There is or pursuing your education. There is a opportunity there as you pastor, as you study to teach your church sort of a proper perspective on theological education, what matters, what doesn't matter, because uh, I think we've all dealt with the frustration before or advised young ministers as they deal with the frustration of, you know, like, well, this is my degree, but they're wanting this and that doesn't even make sense. But, you know, there's just this common sort of like checklist when there are pastor search teams or committees that are looking for pastors 
And they, you know, I know several in our area, you have to go to a certain school and you have to get an MDiv from that school in our area, or you just, your resume gets tossed. And I've seen, you know, subpar pastors get positions over really good pastors because of that one thing. So it's an opportunity to open up, like you said, Sam, talk to the leadership, but also kind of help them see behind kind of the idea here. I've I've talked to several people in our small group that had no idea. When they find out that an MDiv is like 80 plus hours, they, their jaw drops. They're like, why are y'all getting so much education? And I'm like, I don't know, because my, my joke is always that uh, the pastorate is the only field that requires advanced degrees so lay people can tell you how to do your job. And that sometimes is kind of how it works. So I think that's, that's all good, I've got. Any final hopefully thoughts? It's been helpful. And I would say to those who are listening, maybe if you've got specific questions about education, um, the three of us are young, but we've got a fair amount of education. We've been doing this for 20 plus years. So we'd love to answer those. Shoot them to us via social media and uh, Twitter, you know, uh, Facebook. Let us know. We'd love to love to be able to help. Of course. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, that this is a user or listener suggested topic, and we love to hear those. So tweet us or Facebook us your topics and and your thoughts, and we'll love to jump on those later. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is provided by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The mission at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. The school is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and offers more than 40 different degree programs ranging from Associate of Divinity to Doctor of Philosophy. With more than 3,400 students enrolled, Southeastern trains future and current ministry leaders to lead effectively, study the word diligently, and preach the gospel unashamedly. Learn more about Southeastern by visiting www.sebts.edu. And come check out our campus to see how you can join the Southeastern family and learn how to go to reach your community, your nation, and your world. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there.